millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. G-A-L-D-E-M G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Welcome to a brand new season of Growing Up With Galdem. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name is Nyala Arboyne and I'm the life editor at Galdem. And I'm Natty Kasimvala, former editor and longtime contributor at Galdem. Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to sharing the perspectives of people of colour from marginalised genders. Each week, we invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Aisha Shaibu is an LGBTQ activist, cultural producer, and founder of award-winning tours and events company, Moonlight Experiences. Moonlight Experiences is dedicated to uplifting QTPOC members by harnessing the economic power of tourism and nightlife to tackle the lack of diversity. Aisha has been an architect of diverse parties, festivals and events, collaborating with brands, institutions and communities within an intersectional framework. Her activism and community contributions extend to the work she does as part of the management team of the new LGBTQ venue, Glasshouse London, as head of community engagement for UK Black Pride and as board of trustees member for Give Out. Trigger warning. This episode of Growing Up With Gaudem includes a mention of death and illness of a family member. So if you don't feel comfortable listening to this episode, please feel free to skip and listen to one of the other episodes. Yeah, so it's great to have you on the show with us today. How are you doing? 
I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to be talking to you. So I think it's going to be a nice session. I'm excited to get into it all as well. I just wanted to start off talking a little bit about Moonlight Experiences and to give you firstly a congratulations because you guys won LGBTQ plus company of the year this year for London and South East England. Thank you so much. It's still a bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and could you tell us a little bit about what you're up to with Moonlight Experiences for those who don't know? Yeah, sure. Moonlight Experiences has been around for a few years now. And the whole idea is to try and drive diversity, you know, and change that narrative within the travel industry by using nightlife because nightlife is kind of where we find ourselves, where we're able to express ourselves. And I saw it as an opportunity to be able to connect our whole community from travellers to locals and just a different way of connecting, but also learning about the community. So learning about our history, our culture, and also immersing within nightlife. But the whole idea is really to harness like the economic power of tourism and nightlife so that like those who are black, POC, queer can be uplifted, can be visible because within the travel industry, you don't see enough of us and we are there. And, you know, the travel industry is quite lucrative as well. And I think it's something as a community we should also be part of, especially if they don't involve us. We have to be there by force. <laughs> So true, so true. It just made me curious. Do you remember your first ever night out? Oh my God, my first. Yes, yes, I do. It's actually in Essex because I was born in London. Love that. I grew up in Bowsedon, Bas Vegas, or Bowsedump. It really depends on your mood. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're having a good time, it's Bas Vegas. But when it's like awful, you're like Bowsedump. But Baz Vegas was all right. I was 16 when I went into Colours. And back then you were allowed to like just go in with an adult and just party. So that was like my first experience. I was not expecting you to say your first night out was when you were 15 you know years I mean? old. I feel like a nerd now. <laughs> I mean, like... I, I was mature for my age, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, super resonate about what you were saying about, you know, travel and just needing more voices in there because what we need changes depending on who you are and your identities where's safe to travel where's fun to travel are there going to be people that look like you on this night out hell yeah so yeah why do you think it's so important for companies like moonlight to exist it's all about visibility and honestly i just want us to live in a bit more of a fairer society where like the equity is a little bit more shared where you know we're able to welcome travelers and locals but to be able to educate them because so many people say they want to be allies and I think it's about educating teaching them the etiquette but also celebrating who we are and the best way to do that is doing it with us you know, not anybody else booking us, coming out with us. And in a sense, you know, I've realized by doing this over the years, we were supporting LGBTQ venues as well, which are, of course, constantly in decline. So it's about also making sure that we're creating other options for our nightlife to thrive and our nightlife to be sustainable, rather than just relying on locals, is digging deep and reaching out wide so that we are welcoming travelers as well. And when we go to other cities, we are doing 
doing exactly the same. You know, we have now, we're growing, we have queer hosts in Paris, in Barcelona, in Lisbon, in Amsterdam. So when you go there, there are queer people just like us waiting to meet you, to showcase the best of the city, to take you out. It just adds a different feel and it's about networking and connecting because sometimes it's so easy for us to be London-centric, UK-centric, but there's so much more to learn for our other queer siblings who are all around the world as well. It made me curious, I guess, to hear more about how over obviously the last year and a half, how has the mission shifted or been changed or had to adapt to the new state of the world? Yeah, it's been so difficult. I mean, personally, for me, I was okay in terms of being on furlough and being able to kind of support myself over the last year and a half. So this is why I moved everything for it to be virtual. So now it was about educating and going through our queer history and also highlighting the fact that, you know, cutie pop voices for so long have been ignored, have not been as visible within our history and also educating people how to be better allies. And at the same time, I was booking um, various artists, drag kings, drag queens, for them to come online to perform as well as a means to also just support them and for them to have work. And that was better than I thought it would be because the world just opened up and everything became far more accessible. And yeah, it was a beautiful experience to go through that. Yeah, it's great that you still managed to carry on thriving and helping your community and like being able to put on drag shows still, you know, I think we all definitely needed that kind of cheering up during this last 18 months for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I just thought it was about just, yeah, being far more accessible and for us to also find different ways to support other queer people in other cities because we were putting on experiences for organisations in Uganda during Pride because obviously they couldn't be out in person but yet our community can be there for them and to kind of be able to celebrate online. So in terms of QT Park, um, describing anybody who is kind of queer, trans, indigenous or intersex or a person of colour. So anybody who's black and queer as well, or kind of put under the same umbrella. Just anybody who isn't white, really. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And I guess I wanted to ask, because obviously you come from a science background, as a research scientist of eight years and I wanted to ask if you ever found that your work as an advocate for the queer community or someone who I guess connects people in that way have you ever found that it intersects with your scientific life and in what ways you know what they're two different worlds because the science industry is you know dominated by white men older white men is quite straight in terms of, I guess, my field, let's say chemistry in particular. Whereas if you are in different fields, you know, there tends to be like more queer people in biology or molecular sciences, but not so much in chemistry. And so my world, let's say the queer world I live in and my science world are two separate things. And also because I do like to socialize, I'm a bit of a social butterfly, whereas in the lab, everybody is a lot more of an introvert, which is cool because I also like that balance. So during the day, you know, you're locked up in the lab, you're doing the things you should be doing and, you know, keeping busy. And then at night, that is the opportunity when I'm able to like, ramp up the tempo basically i didn't want to say it but i think you know my (laughs) secret now just don't tell anybody but yeah by night i am a queero (laughs) (laughs) queero i love that (laughs) i feel like you've said that before (laughs) that's that's, that's not the first time you've, you've used that line i promise this is the first time this is me coming out you know live First time ever. (laughs) I guess kind of off the back of that, what is it like being a black woman in that field where you said that there isn't really anyone that looks like you? What are your interactions like? I became used to it, to be honest, because one of the things that happened was when I was 18, I moved to Norwich. So I was in Norfolk for a couple of years. Again, that is somewhere that is predominantly white. I mean, it's actually a nice place to live because it's more diverse than, you know, other places up north. And during Brexit, actually, Norwich was one of the few places that actually voted to stay in. 
So it's got a really nice energy to it. You know, it's quite queer. There's a massive pride that happens. But despite that, you know, me being there as a black queer woman, I felt quite isolated. And, you know, within my whole science career, it's always been that. And I think, you know, since the seven, eight years I've been working within the science industry, there was only one other black woman that I ever met. He was of a similar level in my career and which was shocking to me you know to go through a whole career not to i get it's so mad i mean i'm talking about there isn't actually enough women let alone when you say black and then women as well yeah it's been absolutely crazy but i guess what's just been nice is being able to go to schools just being able to give talks and kind of let a range of young people know who i am as a black queer woman i'm in stem I think that's the only way the two have ever kind of come together. But if not, for me, they've always been quite separate. So another amazing project that you have going on is The Glass House. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, The Glass House is um, the new kid on the block in London, East London. We're here to change things. But Glass House is a beautiful project that I'm so happy to be part of. This is a multidisciplinary venue that we've just opened. I think it's been two months now. It has a bookshop cafe. And within that, we have like a range of books, intersectional books, 1500 books focused on marginalized voices, black POC voices, queer authors. I think it's quite evident the moment you come in, the fact that, you know, we are championing and amplifying queer authors that we don't get to see so much. And then downstairs, we have like a multimedia space where we can host events and then we'll be opening our restaurant and bar. And it's just a incredible space that I'm just so glad and happy to be part of because there isn't anywhere in London like it. And I think everybody has been waiting for it like the team at Glass House, everybody who's part of this project has just created something so special and something that puts the community first because the venue actually has been given to us by an ally as well, which I think is a beautiful thing. Because when we talk about using your resources, that's what we mean, you know, actually doing something for us, not because we want profit, because everything that comes, that we make and that we put into the venue comes back to the community. We have affordable rates so that artists, creatives, our community can use the space. We have podcast studios. It's just a really special space for us to have an alternative, you know? Honestly, I remember when it first opened and it was like all over my timeline because everyone was so obsessed with the idea of it and just like relieved that something like that had come about. And at such a great time, when people can finally go out again and, and start to enjoy things like that. So yeah, that is essential work. And I love that it was like that someone actually opened their purse slash their property roster and gave you that space. That, that, that is it. That is it. You know, a few people were there, you know, part of the project before I got involved as well. And I think it's just about coming together to offer something the community needs because, you know, we want to connect better. And I think often it's so hard to do that just in nightlife. So it's nice to have like the bookshop where, you know, it's a coffee shop as well, where you can meet during the day. And then at night you can meet at the bar, you can go to events, but also one of the things 
happens is we don't actually serve alcohol in the bookshop whereas in the rest of the space like next door there is a bar but it gives people an alternative because you know it's all about our well-being as well not having to consume when we don't have to but having the space if we don't want to because not everybody in our community drinks alcohol and i think even through the pandemic all of us are trying to perhaps just have a bit more of a balance yeah a healthy relationship <laughs> exactly yeah for me you know i drink i enjoy going out so it's not about you know for me being teetotal but it's about having that option and having different spaces and being able to pace myself some days i'm like yeah i'm going out and drinking and other days i don't want to drink at all and i think we need more of these options in london yeah i feel like so many especially like lgbtq spaces is mainly focused just on nightlife which obviously is amazing but we should have options we should be able to meet up for a coffee or read a book and still be with our community so yeah I think it's like amazing you've created this hub yeah for exactly that. yeah yeah so definitely we're here hopefully this will set like a nice precedent for people to perhaps reevaluate what our queer spaces are like but also for me what makes you know this project special is about bringing us to the table it's about bringing us so that we could be part of decision making we can also create the space for our community that we feel that is truly diverse that takes us into account rather than you know just inviting us later let us be there from the beginning and I think more spaces need to do that you know we need to be part of the decision making team as opposed to just inviting us over yeah to kind of you know host an event or host a weekend or you know I mean just but you're still at the mercy of you know exactly of them interesting I think it'd be great if we could get into your extract next if that's okay oh So if you could give us a little bit of context around it. Yeah. So in terms of, I guess, this extract from my younger self, it was really hard to find it, by the way. (laughs) I was going through everything. Are you a journaler? I used to be. But you see, all of those things I feel in like my family home, my parents' house. So and I left home such a long time ago and I'm like, damn, where are they? You know, trying to think which loft did I leave it at? So I used to, but not so much anymore. So I was trying to digitally find something, but eventually I did. But for this extra, it is to do with my grandmother. So she came from Ghana to live with us when I was younger, which was so lovely because that was one of the reasons why I was able to pick up the language, to pick up Ghana even more whilst I was living with her because she virtually spoke no English. So if we needed to communicate. She was just speaking God at me and expecting me to learn by force, <laughs> which was <laughs> the good. classic way. Exactly. The best way. Best way as well. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were living together. So we didn't have a choice but to learn off her. And back then she was in her late 80s going to 90s. She was a very like old school Ghanaian. And so for me, I've picked up all of these like old way of speaking so when i speak to people they're like you sound like an old lady i'm like i know these are the words oh she <laughs> it's like almost speaking like victorian times yeah but, or like queen, uh, the queen's english 
yeah just different expressions so anyway this extract is to do with her sadly when she did come to live with us she had dementia so one of the reason why we wanted her to be with us so that we can look after her and she can you know just have a better i guess end to her life because prior to that she was living in ghana in accra so this was the extract about her after she passed away okay so it says it's not that it happened or that I didn't know it was coming. It was that I didn't want to be ready. My love for you reckons hours for months and days for years. And every little absence is an age. I miss you. What does it feel like to, I guess, read that back now, but also to just revisit that whole time period? It's so weird because it's something I forgot I wrote. So I guess I enjoyed the fact that I was looking back. This was, I mean, I'm talking about about 15 years ago. So it's quite a long time. And to kind of be reminded, it's like a mixture of emotions, both like positive and negative as well, just because it's a reminder that she's gone. But I think it's also kind of showed me how far I've come since then which I think is also quite special. Yeah, it just had me thinking of like, I don't know, in the West, there's such a like emphasis on like the nuclear family, but it's, you know, having those opportunities to be able to live intergenerationally and spend those moments together must have been really wonderful, even if, you know, it was painful afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know where I would be now if she never lived with us, you know? So I think it kind of really did shape who I also became because at the same time when I was one, I moved to Nigeria. So I lived in Nigeria for most part of my childhood. And I think it's being able to kind of remember where you're from, but also knowing how much of a positive impact that's had. And I've realized, you know, the difference between, I guess, somebody who grew up in the UK versus somebody who I guess had part of their childhood either in Nigeria or in an African country because I think I appreciate the fact that I was never kind of a minority you know growing up and being surrounded by black people that was like the norm growing up for me you know appreciating that you're beautiful in that environment and I think a lot of the insecurities that started to happen was when I moved to London, not when I was back over there. So it's kind of drawing the strength from that and, you know, appreciating the fact that actually I grew up in a place that I was accepted, that I felt loved in that sense. And also to perhaps remind people who have never had that, that, you know, we are always so beautiful, even though the West doesn't tell us so, or there are certain beauty standards that we feel we need to conform to, because not so many people understand or know that. I think that's such a good point, and one that we shout about on, or I definitely shout about in my everyday life. And I just spent eight months back in South Africa with my parents who moved back from the UK. And it's just one of those things that's like, in, I don't know how to describe it, like, it's the longest I've ever spent in a black majority country, even though there were a lot of white people around because <laughs> it's South Africa. But we'll leave that for now. But it's interesting to, you know, you watch TV and the ads have black women everywhere. And like you leave the house and it's just like 
not that natural hair is the be all and end all, but you'll see every single style within three minutes of walking down the street. Like there are so many elements to it that you you don't even necessarily realise you're missing when you live in like the West or in certain countries where you are the minority that I think can just be so conducive to like your well-being. So it's, yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Absolutely. And also using it as a form of like well-being and therapy for us as well. I think that's so important. And also being able to see black people in all positions of power where in this country you don't see that you know we have labs all over like ghana nigeria all throughout africa like there are black people that work in chemistry like this is not a new thing they're just not enough of us here in the west but you go over there that is actually normal i think we should make it mandatory compulsory that you know all of us need to visit back home minimum once a year to replenish to nourish ourselves even if it's just eating the food and just being in an environment where i think also it teaches us to appreciate where we are and appreciate you know what we do have and a bit more of our privilege because we are here in the west we are privileged and i think it's also sometimes it's so easy to forget yeah i agree and i think also even in terms of like for me at least has made me the more that I visit the more it makes me consider and be conscientious of like the responsibility I have to actually do good there and to like not just be like I'm so thankful that like I have this flat but what am I actually doing about where my grandma lives and like does my family have like good reception and like with the energy situation in Malawi like what are we doing to have a backup generator all of those things that you kind of can put to the back of your mind when you just like oh, I'm Malawian, but like, I'm actually really in London and I love to go for coffee and da You make a great point. And I think, you know, we don't have to, but I feel, you know, once you go back, I just can't help but want to help, support or find different ways. And this is why also with Moonlight Experiences, I'm working with a few hosts in Johannesburg and some in Nigeria, Ghana, to create either online experiences or also in-person ones. So when queer people do go to those countries, at least you also have a queer member that can support you, whether it's just about going to gay-friendly spaces to spend your money or whether it's just wanting to hang out. Because the thing is, in all of these countries, there are gay clubs, there are gay venues. They just don't advertise it as that. Do you know what I mean? Everything is on the ground. And one of the things is, you know, similar to like Dubai. So I have a lot of queer people that come visit and come use my service when they're in London from Dubai. So many incredible people. So over there, there's like an amazing queer community that you just don't get to see because you don't know where to find them. So it's about locating each other, about connecting and just supporting, even if it means you just being there, being present and spending your money in kind of their community. Kind of going back to your extract, you know, the loss of a loved one is never easy. And it sounds like this extract might have come from a series of like shorter notes. How has writing and maybe writing these kind of notes help you process your grandma's passing? When I was younger, especially coming from Nigeria back to London, I felt 
like I was a fish out of water, you know, being is a whole different cultural experience. You feel like perhaps you don't belong because even within our own community, you know, I wasn't received in a place of acceptance. So, you know, for me, it really made me kind of go into my shell and also just navigating how, I guess, British culture is in general and, you know, growing up in the 90s and the 2000s and a lot of the crazy things that happen within our lives. So I was very quiet. I kind of kept to myself. So I read a lot and I wrote in as a way of just escaping that day to day and escaping various things that were happening in my life. So it just made me feel a little bit better. And alongside that, you know, writing and then realizing how amazing I was in sports. You know, that was like a whole revelation. You know, I just realized that I was a great athlete. I could play football. I had multiple skills. And that really added to my confidence in terms of like just trying to kind of find out who I am. And also just writing down about my, I guess, queer journey, kind of realizing and finding myself in terms of my sexuality. I wanted to express myself. So having like writing really helped just kind of put things into a bit more of a perspective. Other than the language that she kind of gifted you with, what would you say are some of the things you remember the most fondly from the time that she was visiting? Just always smiling, even though she doesn't know what's going on, always smiling, always laughing, just wanting to enjoy life. I mean, I was always so surprised how strong she was because although she had dementia, she was very functional. She could get up and dance. She'll see you running around. She wants to play football with you. How she just wanted to like jump in deep and to be part of something, even if she couldn't understand it, she wanted to be involved. And I think just making life feel that much lighter, you know, that's what I remember most about her. It's always lovely to remember your loved ones, you know, in that way at their best and at their happiest. And yeah, I wanted to know what kind of advice would you have for someone else who's going through grief and loss? It takes time. And I think it's also, you will never forget them. They'll always be in your life. And I think it's just for you to be surrounded by loved ones, people who are around you, people who could support you. That really helps. And I feel it's also about trying to look after yourself a bit better as well, mentally, whether, you know, you need to go and talk to somebody or whether you need to kind of be part of a sport, something to just kind of nourish your body and your mind and your soul at the same time, I feel helps in terms of just grief and just kind of accepting a bit of that loss but definitely talking to people helps thank you that's an amazing answer and I guess along the same lines but looking back at you who was kind of discovering herself and pouring out all of her feelings into her notes and her writing what advice would you give to yourself your younger self specifically if you could Oh, in regards to writing or just everything in life? (laughs) Everything. Wherever she was at in her journey, like, had you been 
thinking about your queerness at the age of 15, 16, or was that still to come? Oh, yeah, I was doing all sorts, even before then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you were out clubbing, so you were like... You were clubbing at 15? <laughs> yeah, oh, she wow. was ahead. <laughs> I was ahead, I was curious. I think it comes from my perhaps analytical mind, wanting to understand, wanting to question things and try to find the answers for it just yeah finding different streams about myself indulging in a, a hundred queer movies lesbian anything I could find I wanted to watch and back in the day we didn't have much but you know you have to dig deep on the black net or whatever or go into a dvd shop to try and find some queer titles but if I could tell my younger self something I'll tell her to not worry so much that she will be loved and she will be seen and for me to just go for it you know not to waste any time because often you know we second guess ourselves but yeah that it will be okay oh, I love that it's so important to stay curious and yeah lastly what would your younger self think about you and where you are now <sighs> I don't think she'll believe it. She'll be like, what? Is that you, girl? <laughs> Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she'll believe it. I think she will be proud. She'll be happy. I still feel I'm at the beginning of my journey in terms of you know, just life and growing into myself. You know, I am engaged. I have a fiance. You know, there's so much to celebrate. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to get married next July. So, yeah, it's just about, like, being able to celebrate. I think for so many of us, we have gone through, like, quite a bit of trauma. And I think it's about celebrating ourselves, having that queer joy, more of our queer joy. And also for us to, I don't know, accept the fact that we deserve better, you know? So it's okay to have good things. It's okay for us to celebrate who we are as well as recognise our past or our trauma, because sometimes that holds us back a little bit for too long. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That was an incredible chat. No, thank you so much. Oh, oh my God, wow. I'm emotional. <laughs> Just grandmas. So many feelings. All the feelings. But like, I don't know, I just think it's really nice that we can have like cultural exchanges between generations and hearing people's stories about how they have been affected by their own family is just like beautiful yeah it really is you know just hearing how she got to live with her grandma and like learn her language from her grandma and had those moments just felt like yeah just a special nugget in your life that you can just look back at with fond memories because grief is yeah it's just so hard but seeing those like positives and how they've like shaped you it's just beautiful i just think that i'm emotional because they seem to both have like really beautiful relationships with their grandparents so i think it's nice to like reflect on the impact that meeting people from other generations who have lived completely different lives to you like being able to learn from them and like carry on their story in a way and like carry on their legacy is like so important so i really relate to the idea of like especially both of them kind of like coming from like these rural backgrounds not just like oh my grandparents are like from Ghana but you know they're really used to western life I just really relate to the idea of like how far we've come so many of us from like two generations ago to be able to like be making 
shit happen or making change today based off of the sacrifices that those people made. Yeah. So, yeah. Fully. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. Did you know we have a new podcast out? It's called Reclaimed and Rewritten, a hard-hitting deep dive into the Tulsa massacres of 1921. It's available on all podcast streaming platforms now. You can also sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Galdem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue, and so much more. Make sure you're following us on all major social media at Galdemzine for the latest independent news and culture. Don't forget, if you loved this episode of Growing Up with Galdem, be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.